When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from on the road today in beautiful downtown Burbank, California, this is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack for another edition of the main interview segments. I gotta come up with something snappier for that uh, because the, the podcast feed has changed with new shows on it. And thank you for uh, all of you who have uh, joined and supported me as I uh, revamped and relaunched the show in 2017, including those who have been supporting me on Patreon. I hit my first goal, 50 supporters, small but mighty number, and uh, you guys on Patreon have earned a special Q&A show, which is coming up soon. If it's not out already, I don't know. Maybe I get really ambitious this weekend and do a lot of work. Now, on uh, my Patreon page, the supporters uh, get to help me decide side guests when they're coming in or topics of shows and I put out a poll I put out four people and said hey here's what I'm considering having on the show next and this person won the poll by a wide wide margin and that person is Perry Nemiroff. That is the most shocking thing I ever heard. It doesn't matter how many shows I do here. It really? shocks me to no end that anybody gives. Can I curse on this? Yes, you that can. That anybody gives a shit what I have to say. <laughs> My mom might think, uh, you know, less of you, but no. Um, well, Perry, that's that's number one. That's something that's uh, very endearing about you is, no. the, is P. Nemi doesn't know her own power. I mean, you probably have <laughs> a base level of self-respect and self-confidence. But you're not walking around going, yeah, 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 I'm Perry. No, no, no. 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 Because I'm I, dead serious. Mm-hmm. I know how lucky we are to be in this office. Yes. And I take every day, and I think about that long and hard, and I appreciate it, and I know that it could just vanish. So poof. You never, you never know, but we're working hard. We're I, certainly working hard. and We are. Keeping everything afloat. And we are. And I've been working here now alongside you for about four months here at Collider Mm -hmm. Video, which is where we're recording tonight after a very long day of work. And I can attest to your your work ethic, your approach to work, your uh, ability to overcome odds and overcome obstacles thrown in your path, disappointments. You fight on and you fight on in a great way. That I do. I could say the same to you, too. Sure, but this is about me. Yeah, well, we have. But I must say, if... I had to pick someone in this yeah. office who I think has a work ethic that somewhat mirrors mine. It's probably you. Oh, really? You're super organized and diligent, and <laughs> you get a lot done, too. It's just because I'm quiet in meetings. It you just gives it just I because I hate meetings with a hot passion. So I if I'm quiet, the meetings end faster. I actually really appreciate that you're quiet <laughs> in meetings because you're right, they do end faster. They do end faster. Now, Perry, I want to go back, not to the beginning. But uh, you are a New York girl. I am a New York girl. Whole life in New York. Yeah. Whole really, my whole Literally. entire life. Yeah. I grew up on Long Island. I went to school in Manhattan and I never thought I'd leave. What uh, and that's you know, New York as big as like New York City is and kind of that side of uh, the East Coast there, you know, the concept of staying in your hometown 
is kind of a weird one to me. I bolted as soon as I could. A lot of people bolt, but you, I mean, yeah, I guess you can say the city's so big you can hide in it. But you, does that does what does that what does that mean? What, what does it mean about you that you're like I love this area. I'm, I'm planting my flag. Well, that's the benefit of growing up on Long Island because Long Island, uh, Roslyn. Long Island is technically my hometown, but mm. Manhattan was always in my backyard. Right so it's there. like I can go home home, as in hometown home, yeah. but Manhattan is a different story. Totally. And Manhattan is just incredible. Love Manhattan. Work-wise, transportation, mm. the people. I really do love the people. And I lived yeah. in Times Square. So the fact that you I did? Have, that you I did. have enough patience to ever maneuver New York ever again in my life yeah. is astounding. So I, I've now taken two trips to New York, went there late in my life, fell in love with the city, as, as everyone kind of predicted I would, hmm. almost to a scary level where I was like, oh, I wonder if I, I kind of feel like home. This is weird. But one of the reasons I don't move out there other than it's expensive and I'd have to have a good job. It is expensive. The day-to-day functions of going to a grocery store, of going down, it seems so different and foreign than what my life is out on the West Coast, because I'm a California boy, born and raised. It's very different. It's very different, and that kind of freaked me out coming here, because before I had moved out to L.A., I had lived in the same apartment in Times Square for six years. Wow. Six years. So I had my routine. I had my grocery store. I had my gym. I had my smoothie shop. I didn't want to leave that routine. And all my the, all the Starbucks people just knew me. I just walked in a store and my drink was there and ready. Did they call you P-Nemi? <laughs> no. No? I, the, I wish they called. That was a West Coast thing? They called me a lot of things. Not P-Nemi. <laughs> they called me Carrie and Mary and Harry sometimes. Ooh, but yeah, you know, as long as they made my coffee right, I was happy. So all this was in walking distance or at least a subway yeah. ride, I'm assuming there. Um, but how did you get your groceries? It, Can you only like four bags at a time? Well, this is probably why I'm a good New Yorker is yeah. I can't cook for shit. Oh. I don't cook anything. So it's restaurants. And, yeah. And in New York, seamless. Yeah. Like I know you guys have what Postmates and LA Bites. Sure. It is not the same. If you order food yeah. using seamless in Manhattan, it is so effortless and you got your favorites and you mm. get to know the delivery men and it gets there in a flash. Especially if you live in Times Square. Okay, now maybe you're changing my perspective. Where everything is open 24-7. If I want my grilled cheese sandwich from Cosmic Diner at 3 in the morning, I can get it. Was that the diner you were trying to get us to go to when we were (laughs) uh, at a complex uh, meeting in December? I think we were on the other side of Manhattan at that point. We were a little too far. But I think we went somewhere better than any diner. We did, but I remember remember you kind of constantly, like, you almost like mumble it, like, but my diner's up on, like, 39th. (laughs) My diner's up on 39th. And I'm New like, York City I, diners are special places. I, I really want to do it. I think we uh, we ended up. Did, were we did the, we have a steak at midnight? Was that? Oh, we went to yeah. Smith and Walensky of That's all places. Right. Never in my life did I think I'd be eating filet mignon, <laughs> like just half drunk at yeah. midnight after a work party. Absolutely, it's my kind of town. Oh, it was New wonderful. York. What were your original creative dreams and goals, Perry? And you could take a sip of that whiskey. Oh, I I've see been you sipping. holding. Okay, I've been I, sipping. We're doing a, a, a long. Time Knapsack I, Files. I said I earned this today. Yeah, you did. And, and you can finish this bottle off. Long Time Knapsack Files know that the whiskey clinking glass episodes <laughs> usually get a lot of fun. Um, but take me back. I don't care if it's 8, 9, 10. Where did Barry Nemiroff first see, say, I love movies, I want to tell stories, I want to produce, I want to direct, write, whatever you want to do. When did it kick in? Not movies, but when I was little, like in elementary school, mm-hmm. middle school, I don't know, whenever you start art classes. Sure. You know, like paper mache. Yeah. You had to make a paper mache version of yourself. 
in the career that you wanted to be in. So my paper mache self, which still exists in my parents' place, is me in like a skirt suit sitting at a desk (laughs) that said News 12 Long Island. Whoa, wait. So you wanted to get into broadcast news? I did. I did. Broadcast journalism. Which explains your journalistic side. Yeah, um, yeah. And a lot of the stuff you do with Collider and, and, and previous to here is what we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I did it. I got I got my degree yeah. from, from NYU in broadcast journalism, and then mm-hmm. I got a job at New York One. I actually wow. did end up working at News Channel 12 on Long Island for a little while, too. But I very quickly realized that... Yeah. Hard news and especially local news is not fun, yeah. but entertainment journalism—that's a lot different. Yeah. So, at any point, does there is there footage that exists of you hmm. delivering a news story, or did you ever get that far? What, I don't how, think how far so. did you take that? The farthest I got with it was my first big job out mm. of undergrad was working at New York New York One, and what they mm. do is they like to hire you know petite girls like me and sure. throw gigantic cameras on their shoulders and call them news assistants. <laughs> I love how I'm doing air quotes. Like, everybody can see my air quotes. Air quotes are being done. But you just basically spend your days running around Manhattan shooting, you know, fires, car crashes, press conferences, and all that. So I was never on camera. Okay. But I shot a lot of man-on-the-street interviews. So you hear me, you hear my voice saying, like, how do you feel about the subway prices going up and things like that? But no, there's no footage that exists anywhere. (laughs) How do you feel about the subway prices, kid? Yeah. Um, And then you get, like, a million lunatics behind you trying to get in the frame and everything. So so that's an an interesting career trajectory in your mind was a little bit different than I would think now. So... uh, as you start focusing in on the entertainment journalism side and, and, and all that, what made you, what was the final, like, I'm going to switch? The final I'm going to switch was, so that fr- that position that I had at New York One was freelance. Okay. And the way that that one operated was you did your hours. And then when your hours were up, you either moved in there full time or, or okay. you had to leave and you couldn't freelance there for a right. year. I don't know what kind of rules those are, but that's the rules they had. Mm. It just so happens that one of the reporters that I worked with there, she is wonderful. Her name is Cindy Avila and mm. she's an amazing cook. She does vegetarian cooking. So I'm obsessed with her Instagram now. Thought I'd drop that in there. Check it out. But her husband, Mike Avila, mm-hmm. who I credit with being where I am today, oh, wow. not not completely. There are a lot sure. of people that put me on this path, but right. he's definitely someone who started it. He was the main producer of the show Real Talk with Jeffrey Lyons and Allison Bales. And hmm. that was my, she got me a job with him. Okay. And that was my first, you know, gig in movie criticism, journalism, entertainment journalism and stuff like that. And I, I loved it. And Hmm. <laughs> I loved it so much that I moved super close to the studio, and right after I signed that lease, that yeah. show was canceled. Well, that's about how life works yeah. sometimes. Yeah. But uh, the love of movies had always always been there? Always, always. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very fortunate to have grown up in a household where I was allowed to watch whatever I want, oh, whenever I see, want. See, so. I wasn't, and I still haven't seen Top Gun, Ghostbusters, or Gremlins because oh, of that. Oh, my. So, Top yeah. Gun was very important because my mom loves Top Gun. Really? So I had to watch Top Gun. My, my mom, mom also loved Oz, so... Oh, okay. Oz was regular viewing, and Whoa. I was way too young to be watching that. Oh, you're ta- oh, you're talking about the HBO show? Oh, Oz? yeah. 
yes. You're, you're slightly younger than me by a, a decade or so. Um, okay, yeah, I thought you were talking like Wizard of Oz or Return to Oz Mm-mm. or Feruza Balk or something like that. No, you're talking... Return to Oz is pretty freaky, though. Yeah, I don't yeah. think children should be watching no, that either. No, those wheelies? What are those, those wheelies? The, the wheelies and then, and what's her name? Princess Mombi with yeah. the heads, the detachable heads? A lot of not, not no. right... I, I was scared easily as a child, too. I want someone to remake that as like a pure horror film. Yeah, oh, God, like, yeah, no, oh. the wheelies were scary. They're like the... Uh, Similar to the fireies in Labyrinth, where they're just oh. kind of little—they're so awkwardly <laughs> weird that they're scary. Oh, I miss um, that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, see, I wasn't like Top Gun had passionate kissing or something. My mom <laughs> wouldn't let me watch it, so I just kind of—I grew up without them to the point where I love how your mom said no to passionate kissing. My mom was like, "Yeah, you can watch people smear their <laughs> shit all over prison walls. It's fine. It's fun. It's great. You learn. Well, you know, we, you turn out how you turn out. Um, so you did. So you had that love of movies early. So this is—did you all? Because you you do want to tell stories too. Yeah. yeah, you have that side to I you. Like Stories. And I've seen you produce here. You're a, you're a in charge producer, and and I see I see your face switch when you get in control mm. of meetings. <laughs> Even those meetings, love you're like you're you're oh my you're, you're peeing in me in charge. I wonder what that face looks like. It's intense. It's intense. <laughs> it's intense. Those those bangs can't hide yeah. your determination. It's it's the face that is saying I'm not going to say anything, but I want answers now. Yeah, <laughs> I want, oh, I want yeah. clear answers right now. Let's not. Where does drag that go? That, I'm so glad because that is, and I appreciate it because it it makes me. <laughs> Meetings shorter. It does. One. It does. That's um, my goal. Is that is that just a side of your personality? Is I that a New York thing? I definitely have a producer personality. Yeah. Like I, I'm OCD too. I like oh, things okay. neat and orderly, and I love to make to do lists because the feeling <laughs> of checking off an item on a to do list is really it. It is almost as good as sipping on this whiskey right now. I like that feeling. I just, I mean, you called me organized early. I'm organized from a certain point of view, but. Um, a lot of things like that, like my lists are like 400 post-it notes on my computer screen at work, my old job. Like, and, and people would get mad, like, could you stop with the post-it notes? And then I'd have like post-it notes on top of post-it notes, so I wouldn't remember what was three post-it notes below. I used to handwrite everything in, a, in an old school file of facts. I'm also a creature of habit, and okay. I, I have a very hard time letting go of things, and I right. used to just color code the crap out of my file of facts, and then finally yeah. I realized this is a big fat waste of time. <laughs> I should just do things on the internet. So now Google Docs make my life a lot easier. And you know what makes me really happy? Yeah. You are in a Google Doc that I wish more people were looking at. So when I oh, see your little icon, it makes yeah. me yeah. Are, it you makes me super th- happy. are you talking about this one? Oh, that one. Yeah, uh, it's pretty, isn't it? It's the it? awesome tacular yeah. uh, calendar, and we, I'm we in it. We worked very often. hard on that. Yeah, um, yeah. There was uh, I've learned the, my time at Screen Junkies and Defy taught me that because there is a, a great producer uh, over there named Ann Brashear who uh, is uh, helping um, them run Screen Junkies News now. But she helped launch Screen Junkies Plus with uh, alongside me, and she. She was the queen of this stuff, too, and had the same feeling. Mm-hmm. She turned to me and be like, I saw your icon. Thank you. And a lot of other people would be in meetings and asking questions, and she just, she, she'd just be like, it's on that Google Doc, and just kind of you'd see her internal <laughs> struggle to not scream. I got that same problem. You got that same just, problem? Just like when we send out call sheets. And, you know, the call sheet says, lunch is going to be here at 1130. We're going to feed you. Yeah. And then people go out and get lunch, and they're like, oh, I didn't know there was going to be food here. I'm like, well, you know what? More <laughs> potato salad and sandwiches for me. Screw you guys. This is the producer Perry coming out. Um, what were some of your favorite movies young? Jurassic Park which is still my favorite movie to okay. this day. I vividly remember seeing that in mm-hmm. the theater with 
my mom, my dad, my two older cousins, and my little sister. Yeah. And when the T-Rex broke out of its paddock, she ran out. <laughs> and she watched the rest of the movie with my dad holding her up. And you know, you know how some theaters yep. have like the little uh, rectangle windows? And yes. she watched the rest of the movie from there, from there. And I was obsessed with it. What, what captivated you about that? Oh, my God. Monsters. I liked scary stuff as yeah, a kid. Yeah, you like horror, and, right? Yeah, just a little bit. A little bit, a little Scary bit. stuff used to keep me up at night as yeah. a kid, but something about that feeling, I always loved it. I miss it's... the days when, because I used to fall asleep with the TV on all the time okay. because that was just a weird thing that I did. Yeah, that's fine. And sometimes in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. that's when the R-rated not, well, oh, I guess yeah. they couldn't be R-rated on TV, but that's when the scary trailers aired. And I just remember oh, feeling yeah. the need to, you know, pull my covers over my eyes. And that you doesn't like happen that anymore. Oh, I love it. See, and I, that's the key because I am not a horror guy. I don't like being scared. Um, I can get through it. Um, I've definitely seen some certain movies and stuff. But, like, I'll, that is the moment when you're, like, I feel the, the tension in my chest. And it's like, I don't like being scared. You love it. You, f- you feed off of it. I love it in movies. Yeah. I love it. I love roller coasters. I mean, mm, yeah. I, I get like a weird, sick thrill out of feeling my stomach drop. What's the, what's the worst roller coaster you've ever been on? You've been up to like, what is that, Cedar Point in Ohio? Um, is that the, it? The one that like sets a record that you can see into Canada from the top of one of their coasters? Oh, God, I need to do that. Yeah. If there is the world's scariest roller coaster, I will probably ride it. Mm. The, the best one I've done recently was when we went to, I think it was Not Scary Farm. Yeah. And I forget what it is, if it's like the highest or the fastest or something. And I forget who came on it with me. It was either like Frank or Riley or something. Someone was very mad that I dragged them on that roller coaster, though. <laughs> and we were all riding roller coasters with bellies full of beer, which oh, is just that's the, the worst. That's the worst combination ever. That's the worst. <laughs> I once did like 11 coasters at Magic Mountain, and uh, I was a 30-year-old in a group of 20-year-old-ish people. And uh, after about the 30 or 11th one, like my 30-year-old body, which was young now, I'm 10 years older now, I uh, just gave up. Just couldn't oh, do it. no. I wrote the Tatsu or Tashu one or whatever when you're like, it gives you the feel of flying. And it was like, I felt like I was Ooh, flying. And I like the sound of that. Have you ever do done like like real thrills like bungee jumping or skydiving? I have not. Have you? Skydiving's fun. You've sky- skydiving's you've a good time. Skydiving. I've, done, me, I've done it twice. Tell me about this, Indiana Jones. It's... It's so much fun. And it's not as bad as people make it out to be because mm-hmm. unless you actually do the training to jump yourself, you're yeah. attached tandem to a professional. Okay. And it's like that's why things don't scare me. As long as things are – there's rules. I mean you, you sign, <laughs> you sign your life away. but sure. And it's like in a plane too. I, like my mother is terrified of flying. Right. So when it bumps, she freaks out and like okay. buries her head in between her legs. And I – when you're up that high, someone else is flying the plane. What are you going to do? You, so you, you have a lot of trust then for someone who likes Not so much trust. trust? It's, it's logic. It, and, like, the logical thing to do in that moment is not to freak out. Because what are you going to accomplish by freaking look, out? Look, Vulcan, this is – you've got, <laughs> you've got trust in, in – you've got faith in these, these logic points here. I do, because I want to live my life. It's spiritual and scientific here. I want to live my life and not, not do things. Yeah? You, yeah. You, you, you're an adventurer. A little bit, yeah. Outside like, of all these, these walls, I see you just working hard all day, writing about movies, producing stuff, talking about movies, and you really just want to be... And then I just go crazy. What, what does Perry Nemiroff do to relax? To relax. I know what I do to relax. Yeah? I sit on my couch. I go mm-hmm. get some... Frozen yogurt, because mm. I'm a frozen yogurt addict. I love that. I could I could eat frozen yogurt for every meal if it was not 
unhealthy and would probably kill me. I, I would do that too. Let's talk a little bit of frozen yogurt strategy. Ooh. We'll come back to the oh, what I makes you relax. <laughs> That's um, going to amuse you. Yeah. Now, um, what's your strategy for a frozen yogurt place? A self-serve, oh. a self-serve place. Self-serve place. Yeah. Self-serve was hard to adapt to. It is kind of. I grew up. Yeah, I grew up with them doing it for you. I don't have very good self-control when it comes to sweets. Okay. But I don't like my my yogurt tart. I only okay. like sweet stuff. Like when I get frozen yogurt, it's because I want to eat dessert for dinner. Right. So you get a large cup, you fill it up. But I'm a little bit of a weirdo. I like toppings. I don't put the toppings on the yogurt. I'll get I'll get like your a side, side of granola or crushed peanuts, and I'll just eat that, and then I'll eat the yogurt. You're, you're, wait, you don't even eat them with the yogurt? <laughs> no. that, okay, I was no. I was gonna defend you. No, I had you. All right, you're a side you're a side girl. All right, yeah. that's fine. You dump them on. You measure. No. no. If how did that start? If toppings that start? are mixed into my ice cream or my yogurt, it needs yeah. to be done like thoroughly for real. Like mm. Cold Stone does it, or like when you get a McFlurry from okay. from uh, McDonald's. I don't want them just like blobbed on the top. I hear what you're saying, and I'm fine <laughs> with this. I I can get me. I love Cold Stone. I love a, a brownie crunch bar mm. vanilla mix is one of my Oof. favorites. Um, but what? <laughs> Mm, completely separated. Yeah, completely separate. I do that with a lot of things, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. It's really? like so, like sometimes if, like, salads are separate or, yeah. or like, even dishes. Like, if you get a protein, we're, like a potato <laughs> and, 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 like, greens, I'll eat it all separately. We're, we're learning a lot about... This is uh, so random. I, is, I don't think I've even thought about this in my own head. I'm so is, used to my own routines. This is what we do here in the Knapsack Files. Uh, we go deep in areas that you would not expect to go deep. And, and what, how you consume your frozen yogurt. Specifically frozen yogurt. Ice cream, yeah, like you mentioned, Cold Stone, a little yeah. different. But because frozen yogurt places, it's it's 99% of the times now, it's it's your own, mm-hmm. it's, you're in control of your own destiny. Yeah. So I like to, I, I, I like tart, I don't like it all the time. I have, I have a, is tonight more of a chocolatey mm. kind of vibe? Is, is it more of a fruit mix? Is a, oh, okay. I'm a big fan of vanilla as a base. Yeah, and yeah. then, then you got to treat it up with the toppings. And then I'll usually do toppings in the middle. And then toppings on Ooh, the top. I approve. Yeah, I approve of that approach because it's almost like mixing yeah. it in. Because I, I, I do agree. I don't like the top. You know, the the spoon, the spoon bites up top, mm-hmm. and you get through the chocolate, white chocolate chips, and then you just got yogurt. Yeah, so it doesn't make any sense. I can meet you halfway on your weirdness okay. here. All right, I approve of that. My other weirdness yeah. is that I prefer frozen yogurt to real ice cream because mm. I like it melted. It's like if I ever went out and got ice cream. I would probably go home and put it in the microwave and melt it. Do you, have you, whether it's here in New York or anything, on, um, say, an early date, mm-hmm. have you intentionally taken them to, like, a frozen yogurt place to see what kind of human they are? It's been a very long time since I've done that. Okay. The, way, the way I test you, if my dates are human it, is yeah. I take them to movies. Like, that's a very mm. easy way for me to figure out How whether so? or not someone is worth keeping around. Okay. Well, I've what are I've the brought oof, I've brought many many a dates to my my professional screenings just because that's how I see movies and I get plus yeah, ones and yeah. it's a good opportunity. It's, it's cheaper. I've had people who <laughs> sat there and talked throughout the whole movie. Fire them. X. He's yeah. gone. Gone. Once I had someone come with me who was aware of some of the critics around me, yeah. and it was like he was seeing real celebrities. Oh, okay. He was out, like, and then ooh, the other that's thing. Leonard Malton. Yeah. 
Well, I did because I worked with Jeffrey Lyons, and he's right. he's pretty well known. Pretty and well. I did have someone who kind of geeked out over him. And Jeffrey's a very kind man. Sure. He he, you know, he shook his hand and everything. But I'm yeah, like, yeah. you're like, can't do that. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Okay. I can't. And then and then there's the ones that say they don't want to come. I'm like, okay. Oh. We're not going to get along for very long, because so I'm just going to cut this off now. If, if yeah, movies aren't big to their life, they they can't be big in yours. I mean, really, if someone can't see X amount of movies a week. I don't. I don't think we'll be able to coexist. I mean, that's fair. I watch you, you a have, lot of movies. You have to know what you like. You yeah. have to know. You have to have standards. I so, see like three movies after work a week. So if someone, if you bring uh, um, a suitor to a yogurt shop, mm-hmm. like it's 1933, um, and they've declared their intentions, and you're gonna, they're bona fide mm-hmm. in your mind, and you bring them to a yogurt shop, and they do something horribly wrong, does that? I mean, you're cutting them on based on yogurt toppings nah, alone. No, because their yogurt preferences don't affect me. Them yeah. ruining my movie Movies? experience is completely different. Okay, as long as they'll come with me to the yogurt shop, that's good enough. That's good enough. Yeah, get in there, and get that. All right, so back to the relaxing. So if you got, let's say, uh, Perry's on the couch yep. with a, a, a big cup of yogurt. Yep, that is exactly it. Perry's yeah. on the couch eating some yogurt. Yeah, with Deputy Dewey, my cat. Your cat. I'm a lap. Right. And I'm binge watching something. That's I don't know it, what huh? it is, but okay. that's it. That's, that's it. how you relax. I want like I mean, a night simple. with a couple hours, nothing to do. Okay, but and to binge watch. Can you shut? Can you shut down your brain? No, I'm very right. bad at that. Actually, I, I can't either. I mean, I can kind of shut down if I'm watching something good to take my mind off of it. But I right. very rarely watch something that doesn't have even like a fraction of a work purpose. Yes. Yeah, see, that's that's a little bit. Where I suffer from too. Yeah, a lot of workaholics just, in this business. I think that's the problem when you when you work in an industry mm-hmm. where it's also a lifestyle thing, well, a, ca- a casual thing that everybody does all the time. Right. We're we are in an industry, even though we're on maybe the the new media, entertainment, journalism side, so to speak. Not that everything we do here is journalism. <laughs> um, uh, on, in entertainment, we're involved in our business is other people's hobbies. So it's also our hobbies, too. That's yeah. what draws us to this. So when people ask me, hey, Ken, what do you do in your, your downtime? Or I, I get on Facebook on the Schmoville, hey, Ken, what are your hobbies? Working. Yeah. Because Yeah, working. pretty much. <laughs> that so, about sums it up. <laughs> does, does Perry ever get away for adventures anymore? Does, if you have a four-day weekend, where are you traveling to? Probably going to New York because I am very attached to my family. So mm. if I had a good chunk of days to go do something, I'd yeah. probably fly home and how, go see them. How big is the Nemiroff clan out there? They're, pre- they're pretty Nemiroff. big. House House Nemiroff, House Nemiroff slash Klein is mm-hmm. is split between New York and and Boca because mm. if Boca if you're, if you're as, Jew- in Bo- as in Boca Raton, Florida. Boca if, Raton, if you're, you're on the line. <laughs> if you're Jewish folks yeah. living on Long Island and you get older. You That's go to Boca. That's <laughs> so I'm either in New York or Boca. So you are clearly not just attached to family, but you're attached to New York. I am. Um, the decision to come out here to Burbank, hmm. California for Collider Video was no small decision or oh feat my God, or no. move. No, and my whole family can attest to that because they heard me asking, like, do you think this is the right thing to do? Over yeah. and over and over. How... Did you finally make the decision? How did you How did you come to that point where it's, I'm going to make this gigantic leap in, in your life? It was actually surprisingly quick. I had thought about it mm. quite a bit, and especially leading up to the trip, because the whole point of me flying out here the first time was just to get to know the team, because right. I was working at Collider.com, and Collider Video felt so separate at the time. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to come and, and meet everyone and hang out for a little. And yeah. I had a really good week. I was very comfortable here very, mm. very quickly. And 
I wasn't thinking about moving at all. And up until that point, if you had asked me, would you ever want to move to L.A.? Hell no. no. I'm going to stay home with my family right, and right. be happy in New York because this is where I've been happy my <laughs> whole life. you do. And yeah. then I remember both John Campia mm-hmm. and Steve Weintraub yeah. casually asked, like, would you ever think about moving out here? And it was weird to me that my reaction wasn't instantly no. Like, are you oh, crazy? Really? All of a sudden, I started to think, huh? Mm. I don't know. Maybe I can. And I remember, I remember sitting in in the freaking Best Western right after and yeah. calling my mom and saying, "Well, they said that." Wait a minute. They put you up in a Best Western. There's a Holiday Inn right around the corner, like 1940s. Do you know where? I, do you know where I've stayed when I've come to visit? Where? First, I stayed at the Best Western. Oh boy. Not not the the Holiday Inn here. Yeah. And after that, I stayed at the Safari Inn. The Safari I, Inn. I, I know I, the Safari. I think I stayed in the Safari Inn for a week and a half. Oh my gosh. Yep. And then you still were like, yeah, I'm all right. I, I was okay there. Yeah. Surprisingly. Did, I'll, I'll never go stay there for fun no, ever in my no. life, but I, did, I survived uh, the week. How did your how did your friends and family take that? That If you're so close to your family, this they had to obviously be supportive. Yeah. But was any resistance? Um, Perry, don't go. No, not really. I think they kind of got it because... Mm-hmm. My family is very into pop culture, and they really do understand oh, what funny. I do, and they know the difference between this kind of work in New York and L.A. My mom was definitely a little sad. Mm-hmm. My dad was kind of rah-rah, and he, he's always believing in me whenever right. I come up with a crazy work idea or mm-hmm. or even in school. It's like when I wanted, when I wanted to go to film school— you know, everyone thought I was a little crazy, and he was the one who's like, can I bring my box truck? Can I get you a generator for your shoots? And he's, he's always supporting that, me. That is a good thought. Yeah, and my, sis- my sister was kind of in the middle. And yeah. She was a little sad, but at the same time, she knew it was right. It's just one of those times in life where you know, you know you're going to take a leap. And, yeah. and again, you could always change back. Yeah, you could always I end know. up in New York. It's hard leaving the friends, too. I, yeah. got a, I got a couple of very, very sure. close friends who work in this industry in New York. and Right. It's hard leaving them. Well, yeah, and then you got to hang out with Ellis and Harlow and Kuga and all these crazy well, people out here. In all honesty, that made it a lot better because in New York, it's kind of like it is out here, except right. for the fact that I don't go to screenings with people from my own outlet. Th- these were my screening friends. I saw right. I saw my best friends in New York like three or four times a week because we all did the same thing for opposite outlets. And here, yeah. just being able to come here and not go to these screenings alone was yeah. a big deal. Take me to the first moment you're out here, and I'm, you know, hmm. maybe you work, you go home, the apartment's still a mess, or wherever you're at the safari and hmm. wherever you're staying, and you take a deep breath and realize you're here. How did that? How was that moment? Oof. Oh man, I think I remember that moment more so. I, I, clearly, I'm yeah. very close with my family, and yeah. my parents were kind enough when I did the move to fly out with me and sure. help me move everything in. Sure. So by the time they left, my I was very lucky, and my apartment was it was beautiful. It, right. I really had very little to do after they left. A couple things here and there, but you know, I just remember when they said, "Okay, goodbye." goodbye. I mean, it felt like college all over again, even sure. though I didn't go all that far from home. But it's like when your parents move you into your dorm for yep. the first time, and then they say goodbye, and you're like, "Oh, like this is it. Yeah. I'm here." And moving out here with 
with a cat that I had sure. had for three years, it definitely helped. A little help. Yeah. A little emotional support. It's all like the same furniture. It's, yeah. Even though I was in a new place, everything still looked the same. I'm just, I'm fascinated by it because like, uh, yeah, you mentioned college. Slightly different. It's important. You know, yeah. you're leaving your, your nest for the first time. But this is one of those career moves. Oof. I'm taking a risk. This could fail. Yeah. Um, and I remember at 22 is when I left and came down to L.A. Parents did the same thing. Stocked me up with groceries. Mm. And my uncle was there. We went to my uncle's house. And I was back to my apartment. Blah, blah, blah. And it was finally like, good night, goodbye, hugs, some tears. And I made a really crappy sandwich. Aww. And I sat in my kitchen of my apartment that my roommates were in. And I was by myself. And I just remember kind of going like, we, we're, this is real. Mm-hmm. We're doing this. And it's been 18, 19 years later in a flash of blink of the of yeah. an eye. But, yeah, there's some weight to that moment. But for you, a little bit later in life. Yeah. Going a much later. Taking a turn left that yeah. you didn't expect. I'm just wondering, do you take a deep breath and go, oh, boy. Yeah, it, it was a little bit of that. I think the fact that I liked the workout here yeah. made everything easy. And the fact that we were so busy and I was so into everything we do here. Sure. It's like I really didn't have a minute to stop and be like, That's oh, good. I miss this or that. Because I, I was a homesick kid in sleepaway camp. I went to, you know, two-month <laughs> sleepaway camp when I was little. And my parents would just put me on a bus and say goodbye right. for the entire summer. Yeah. And I used to like sleepaway camp to a point because I'm – Super into sports and activities, but yeah, you know, girls like to tan and and just hang <laughs> out and not do so. And every single time, it was that kind of moment where we yeah. had downtime. I'd be like, "Well, oh, in this home now," and yeah. I, I don't really have that too much. And also, cell phones. Cell phones. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that makes a pretty big difference compared to camp yeah. as a kid when you had one payphone call <laughs> every one, week, like, like you're in prison, and you had a dial. You had a dial collect. It's yeah. like you had five minutes on a payphone, and you spent three of them dialing collect, praying that your parents were going <laughs> to accept the call. Absolutely. Uh, you you mentioned you went to NYU. Um, you learned a little of the producing game, mm-hmm. and you recently produced a movie, right? I did. Or, or part of a. Tell I me did. about that. Uh, so NYU was journalism, mm-hmm. and after oh, NYU, okay. and after NYU, when I started to do film criticism mm-hmm. myself after a real talk, I started to feel really bad about mm-hmm. saying like, "Oh, this sucks" in a movie, having sure. never tried it myself. So okay. I decided, what the heck? And I I randomly applied to film school. I obviously read up on the program, but I purposely. Mm-hmm applied to Columbia because it didn't require me to take any tests in order to get in. And I don't know why, but they accepted me. And Uh, that program is pretty much the only... I'm I'm not saying film school is for everybody, but I will tell you, I never would have produced my first feature had it not been for that program. It's interesting because you do hear a lot of famous directors or stories that, ah, don't go to film school. You don't need it. You don't need it. Maybe maybe the the equipment and the connections. It's a personal thing. And it it was, for me, it was the personal connections. I mean, some of my best friends right now are from that program. And really the only reason I made that movie is because I became such a close-knit group with a a select amount of people. And, you know... You know, it's equi- after you make all the thesis movies together, you want to go the next the next step. Yeah, it's equipment and friendships and opportunities yeah. later on in life. So tell and me about this movie. A whole lot of money. And a whole lot of money. Oh. Tell me about this movie, what it is, and what it, what it took for you to produce this. This is called Child Eater. Child Eater. Yeah, so if you go to uh, childeater.com, so, uh, thankfully I, we own that domain. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So I won't be able to watch it because I'll be a scaredy cat. Is that what you're saying? It's not that bad. It's not. It's really not that bad. It's definitely violent, obviously, and yeah. gory. It's, it's 
it's very much inspired by, you know, the classics of, of the 80s, like A Nightmare Love. on Elm Street. It's a, it's a boogeyman kind of movie. Gotcha. So it, I wouldn't say it's excessively violent or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. it's more it's more so, you know, dipping into nostalgia and, and having a little fun being scared, right. which is my kind of horror. But yeah. the, the writer-director, his name is Erlinger, and he is he's from Iceland, and he is freaking brilliant. He's one yeah. of my best friends in the world. How? And he's so so smart. And did you meet him in film school? We did. Or, yeah, we, did. So, we we made so Child go. Eater the short as our non thesis film in school. Right. Not that anybody cares about the difference between a non thesis and a thesis, but it was weird because nobody in film school makes horror movies, so it was a big really? deal that we did. Yeah, very few. And then after why, why Child do you think Eater, that is? you know, it's. I mean, it's probably. You know, the the whole stigma that, oh, prestige films and cancer mm. dramas and relationship woes. A black and, and white think piece on kind the state of, of the yeah. world. That is what it is And you're like, I want kids to, to be eaten. Yeah, that, that, that is exactly what we said, actually. Uh, a lot of my class actually did, you know, they wanted to explore genre. And mm. a lot of them were super into studio fare, which isn't really what film school teaches you about. Yeah. But Child Eater was our non-thesis film. And... It was great. It came out great. And, you know, you make a non-thesis yeah. short and these shorts too, and you send them out to film festivals. And we weren't really getting in anywhere big. And then all of a sudden, we got into South by Southwest. And yeah. it was the craziest thing. And people liked the movie and yeah. they wanted more. And he's a great writer. So he wrote more. And the first thing we did when we graduated was we said, Let's all right, we just got to do it. Just have to, and do we it. just jumped in and did it with not enough money, and it was horrifying. Which is kind of independent filmmaking yeah. on a whole, right? We got a chunk of the budget, and it was enough of the budget to say we should start because if that money disappeared, that'd be a shame. Yeah, you have to do it. Yeah. Do you uh, do you just want to stick the producing side, or do am I am I right in assuming you want the the writer, possibly director side, or or, or more? Yeah. Well, the cool thing about the program that I was in, it's yeah. it's the Columbia University Film MFA program. Okay. And part of the reason that, minus not wanting to take any standardized tests, part mm-hmm. of the reason why I chose that program is because three-year program, and they have three different tracks. There's producing, screenwriting, and directing. Okay. The first year, though, everybody does all three things. Mm-hmm. So it's like by the time you get to your specific concentration – Everyone understands what everybody else is responsible for. And I think that's one of the biggest issues with the industry overall is when Mm -hmm. someone is so hyper-focused on their work in particular and they don't really understand how other people have to do their jobs. Right. So it's... It, it definitely helped everybody in that sense. So I did go through a full year where I had to direct okay. and write in order to finish my degree. But sure, but producing is you, you gravitate more towards that because yeah. of the control aspect. You like you get to make more charts, or you just like <laughs> ov- the overall vision of the story. And, it and, definitely and the, and the suits me. Yeah, I, it definitely. Like I want to do those things more so than I want to do the other things. And also, I know there's a. I I would rather mm. m- help somebody else. That is a better storyteller than I am. And that is, look, pr- producing is a skill. It isn't just a person with money. If you're on the outside looking in or growing up, I always thought it was just kind of like that person had money mm-hmm. and director makes the movie. No, it is Mm-mm. It is a bigger picture. Um, I am not a producer type. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned that when I had the job at Screen Junkies for that time. I was like, nope. They're like, what's your budget? I'm like, I don't care. Uh, We're just going to make things. They're like, that's not how it works. You're a writer. Yeah, you're definitely I'm a, a writer. Um, I'm a blowhard, but um, so so that makes some sense. And the the big picture Perry now that I'm learning, yeah, the, the Excel sheets, the Google Docs, but you still have um, a, an understanding of story from oh, the yeah. film criticism side. 
Um, what, what the state of the industry now? I want to ask mm. you directly, as as a woman in this industry, both the film criticism side, which in uh, the YouTube side, which is uh, a boys club to be yeah. blunt, and and what we're seeing now with the story the other day in the wrap of you know 2017, six percent of the big yeah. six uh, uh, six studio uh, film slate has only six percent female mm-hmm. directors. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, that can be discouraging. A little bit, yeah. But how you in the four months I've I've been around you, mm-hmm. you you seem to you're you're going to plug ahead and oh, and yeah. how do you approach this going on right now? Because it's 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 a big conversation. Piece. Yeah, it's discouraging and it's encouraging at the same time mm-hmm. because it's it is something that you feel really inspired to change and right. You know, I don't think we're going to get to a point where, oh, we're going to wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden the numbers are going to be even or something. It's, right. It is a very slow process, and I think everybody is taking steps in the right direction. But, you know, not to throw schmoes under the bus, but I was looking at the picture that we took the other night after right. the show, and it's, it's, it's me and one other woman right. in a big pile of guys. And when right. I first entered this industry, I think almost... Thinking about my first job as a film blogger, right. I think I only knew one other female at the time that was doing what I was doing. And mm-hmm. now, now I mean, really every single year that I stuck with it, there was more and more mm-hmm. and more. Yeah, and I, I believe in my heart the eventually, like I think I said on Schmoes the other night, the old guard will start to fade away. Um, and it, And it's... And it is tough because some of us are in positions of power to to do things. But then, like you, men- you mentioned, the Schmoes thing, you know, it's it's on our mind now mm-hmm. yeah. more than it was because I hear in- it all the time. Initially, was guys I've known from stand up comedy mm-hmm. for ten years, and you wouldn't stop to think of it, which shows that the 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 elevating of the conversation does eventually hit its mark. Where oh, absolutely. If, you know, I, I guess you could say it was a bad excuse, but we eventually looked around and we're like, oh, I guess everyone's right. Yeah, we're just so a bunch of pals thing hanging with out making movies too. Because yeah. yeah. I don't think. I doubt, or I would like to think at least, that mm-hmm. n- there's no studio head out there who said, I only want a man for this job. Right. It just so happens that so- some super talented male directors mm-hmm. got these gigs. And, you know, the industry does have a habit of finding something that works and sticks with it. Right. And, and you know, that's the nature of business. Why would you change something? You're going to keep reusing these directors. And mm-hmm. it isn't until a woman kind of, you know, earns the spotlight for whatever reason. I, I feel like it is almost just a... Like something that we've created, yeah. not because, not necessarily, because obviously I can't speak for everyone. For all I know, there are folks out here who said, I will only go one way or the other. Sure, but sure. there's one side of it that this is just naturally how this evolved, and, and right. it is a problem, right. but it's not a problem that everybody purposefully created. Right, right. Uh, we've been in meetings here. I've been in other meetings here of like, yeah. hey, guys, we got to get this done. Then, um, you know, business or budgets yeah. or scheduling. And, and a lot of people could point at that and say, excuse, excuse, excuse. And, you know, you're right. But there's a reality side to it, too, uh, even on those who are trying to fix it. But but on the days that it's discouraging, because I'm sure it is, mm-hmm. on those days, what do you tell yourself? I've had those days. Mm-hmm. I've had those days. I, I mean, even recently, to be completely blunt about mm-hmm. it, I mean, comments in the YouTube sphere are mortifying. Yeah. Are absolutely mortifying. And I got no problem in the world with people disagreeing with me. Sure. But seeing some comments, not necessarily on our channel, but other channels and other blog posts about mm-hmm. International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like, come on. Right. I understand being upset if there's a militant approach to sending that kind of message. But at the same time, I mean, it's just simple human decency. 
Yeah, which which I, I've always contend that social media has just exposed something that was always there. Yeah. Um, but also is why it's a good thing that we have this now yeah. where we can know. So so on those on those dark days when you're like, you know what, screw it, I want to go work at my smoothie shop in New uh-huh. York. Um, what what keeps you going? Probably family and friends more so than anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm also not one to give up ever. Like ever, ever, ever. I'll never stop until I get what I want. And I don't mean that in a like give me everything and like greedy kind of way. It's just I've always been that way ever since I was a kid. If I... Mm. If I really wanted to be on the varsity basketball team and I was just a stupid little freshman and I didn't really have the skills, I would train and train and train until I earned my spot just because I'm I'm not going to stop ever. Right. I don't, I don't, uh, I say this a lot. I don't work to live Mm -hmm. or am I saying it backwards? I don't work to live. Mm -hmm. I live to work. I love my job. I love this industry. I'm super passionate about my career and I'm not going to stop. You're not going to stop. Nor, no. nor should you. Nor should you. What? Uh, what's? Um, is, is there an end goal at all? Do you have mm. things you want to accomplish now? Or are you just kind of going? I can't imagine you going by the seat of your pants because that wouldn't be on a chart somewhere. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of things I want to accomplish. I really mm. wouldn't mind producing more movies at some point. Sure. I don't know if I would ever do it the same way I did Child Eater because I was in a lot of credit card debt. And mm. it, it was scary when we were trying to finish the film and we didn't have the funds to do it. But... I do want to tell more stories, and I really mm. want to tell more stories for this director, Erlinger. He he is mm. just so talented, and we've developed so many scripts together over the years in school and after that that are just incredible. I mean, especially mm. for horror, because I don't it, know if you've ever th- looked into, like, uh, Icelandic uh, folklore. I'm going to go ahead and tell wow. you I haven't. Wow. Really? They got some creepy stuff. It's like, we got Santa Claus. Yeah. They have someone called Grilla. She's this creepy lady that lives up in a mountain, and she comes down with her evil cat, and she puts children in her sack, and she goes and she cooks them. Sure. And she's got these 12 evil, evil sons who go and they kill people in the town. Oh, it's wonderful. (laughs) That sounds great. It's wonderful. I love it. A merry holiday. But he has so many great ideas that pertain to Icelandic legends that I think really need to get made into movies. Right. So, so that there's that side of it. Yeah. Do you, I mean, you obviously still enjoy what you're doing here. Enjoy, oh my god! Enjoy this, this so space. much so. You don't ever. It's tough to say. You know, you, who knows what will happen in careers? But uh, uh, do you ever see yourself stepping aside from film criticism, uh, from not criticism, you know, but the journalistic side of things? I mean, we, I'd be surprised. Yeah, if you did, uh, I'd be surprised. I think both sides of it are so much a part of me at this point. Right. People used to ask me that in film school all the time. They're like, sure. oh, so are you switching careers? I didn't switch careers. The, re- the reason I lived in Times Square yeah. while I was going to school is because I would go to school during the day and I would come back to Times Square and I'd be on the one train, that yeah. one line, and most of the screening rooms were right around there. So I'd go to school all day, screenings all night and right, and I would just go back and forth on the one all so, week. Yeah, you can have it all. Yeah. There's no reason why you can't have it all. I, I would like to think that. Yeah. yeah. I think about that realistically every once in a while, and no, I can't have it all to a degree, but but I, I, I think I can continue doing both for a little while. Let's talk about, about your basketball skills. Uh, Are you a baller? Oh, I am a baller. And you're good, I love basketball. You're good at golf. Huh. Yeah? I mean... Yeah? There's very few people in this world who are truly good at golf. Did you... And I'll say this term, though I understand it, it could... 
not be a, a, an apropos ter- term anymore, appropriate term anymore, tomboy. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it, there's no better way to describe I, I, little tr- Perry, uh, yeah. except like Ken. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. apparently with our green yeah. shirts and our red shirts the other day, people oh, thought true. we were the same person again, <laughs> uh, even my gray beard. Um, so you grew up uh, you grew up playing the sports, oh, uh, yeah. you know, which, again, an era, you're, you're slightly younger than me again, but, yeah, there was definitely an era. I, I grew up an era where it was... You know, not look not, not looked down upon. I was mm-hmm. I was post Title Nine, yeah. but like, yeah, it was it was a little different, and, oh, and that's yeah. you know that's why my generation's the percept we're learning to change a lot mm. of stuff we just had ingrained into us. But so you were you were the girl off playing sports with oh, yeah. with, with other girls and and the guys too. Yeah, I play yeah. I played a lot of sports as a kid, and I mean the one that I played with the guys was in mm. sleepaway camp. I'd be on every sports team. Yeah. There was no girls roller hockey team, so okay. I played with the boys. And nice. It was rough, especially when you got over 14 years old and yeah. they were allowed to check you. Oh. And they didn't treat me like the girl playing roller hockey. They would check me. Yeah. And, and I, I was okay. Well, that is cool. I mean, Perry, we just got to the, we got to the base <laughs> level of your drive and determination of who you are in this industry and life. You're, you're taking body checks from guys probably intentionally trying to harm you, hurt you, dissuade you from playing alongside them. I feel like I'm just building up to like getting checked on the basketball court by JTE. He's just <laughs> well, going to run right true. into me. I'm, I've never played. I'm not a basketball guy. I'm sure JTE is a dirty basketball player. Mm. So, uh, but but that that's, that is a telling statement of who you are. Yeah. No, that's, that's not going to stop me. No. None of it. And, I mean, I still do today. Yeah. Going, going to cry. Went to CrossFit at 4. At, I woke up at 4.30 in the morning this morning for a what? 5.30 CrossFit class. Why would you do that? And if you could see my, if you could see air quotes, I'd give CrossFit air quotes because I'm not very good at CrossFit. Because I'm like, yeah. you know, I got like little string bean arms. I can't sure. lift all those weights. So when I do CrossFit, I tend to do the endurance classes and things like that. Yeah, but Still fine. Ooh, getting up that early. I mean, I, really nothing's going to uh, stop I me. almost feel guilty for keeping you here to record because then you had to be on set for a location yes. sh- shoot. Back back yes. here for meetings, Excel sheets and Google Docs and planning stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then now you're here. That, that, yeah. See, that that is – you talk about I have some kind of work ethic. Uh, I, I wouldn't do any of that. Apparently. Yeah, no. The, well, that is kind of how I relax, oddly enough. I wouldn't say waking up at 4.30 in the morning is relaxing, but right. – you know, the the gym time is my time. A little and spiritual, I, right? Yeah. I'm like a, that a little bit. And I'm you like know, that growing too. up playing all those sports and then yeah. you then you graduate high school and and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, well, what sports do I play now? I'm not gonna play sports, I'm just right. gonna drink and eat in college all day. Right. And then you realize, oh no, I should go to the gym. <laughs> And that, you know, if you find the right things to do at the gym, it can mimic that feeling of being, you know, part of a group in a sports right. team in high school. It kind of can. Yeah, that's what CrossFit feels like. And then like. you kind of, you know, join the team here, and it's like another roller hockey team with a yeah. bunch of big I've been told men. that's the most L.A. thing that I've done since I've been out here, is Cross- join a CrossFit, CrossFit gym. It's, I almost, I'm not going to judge you for <laughs> it. I have, I have friends who do CrossFit. Um, I get it. It's, it's, a, it's effective, too. I've, yeah. seen, I've seen results. It's it just, is. It just, is. The moment you start posting like Instagram videos of you clean and no. jerking weights nope. and all that stuff, I can't. I can't do it. Then, well, then can't we're good. Do it. That's the most box the mo- jumps. But I was going to say I the could mo- do the I could do the box jumps. If you Instagram too many videos of you box jumping, then I'm going to pull you aside. <laughs> I'm scared of box jumps though because yeah. I did it once mm-hmm. and I just wasn't thinking because I thought I was super cool and really good yeah, at yeah. box jumps. Wiped out. Wiped oh. out on a wooden box, and if you if you look back at any of the uh, the Star Wars uh, the the Rogue One premiere pictures, yeah, one of my legs is completely painted beige because. <laughs> 
I, you're hiding injuries. I paid. I, I got my hair done for that night because yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's a nice thing to do. Yeah. I also paid to get my makeup done, but not on yeah. my face, on my leg. On your leg. Yeah. Well, Money well spent. We're learning things here. Uh, yeah, the lo- yeah. if you start box jumping on mm. Instagram and, and uh, too many acai bowls, then I'll, I'm going to say I'm you're gonna LA. I'm going to change your okay. tune with acai bowls. Okay. You just you didn't eat the right acai bowl. All right. That's, that's like sushi. Yeah. Uh, I'm it's, willing it's to true. try. It's I'm true. willing to try okay. again. Okay. You, you and Grace uh, go pick out a good acai bowl. I've got bowl. like half the office addicted. Oh, uh, well. I keep bringing people into creation. I'm wondering when I'm going to get, you know, like the bring your friend, you get yeah. you get however many yeah, dollars yeah. now to your account. Yeah. They haven't given me anything. Yeah. Well, Perry, I think we learned a lot about you both, uh, you know, how to... It's a uh, very wide range of uh, topics that, here. That's what we do here. <laughs> we don't have a straight line. We just jump on in and we learn about roller hockey and, oh, yeah. and yogurt. Um, I am uh, forever and all people make big decisions in life and and, and try, to try to do uh, things outside the box and make left turns or make right turns. And you've done uh, one of the biggest ones. Oh, and, boy. Yeah. And uh, from the outside, I've always had respect for you, but now to know and work with you on a daily level, you are a very impressive person with, I think, a great future. I appreciate I that. I try not to uh, kiss up to my guests too mm. much, but uh, I, uh, I absolutely think you deserve a lot of credit for that. Thank you. And, um, you know, I'll overlook the CrossFit thing. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, and we didn't even really talk Star Wars, but I, no. I, I think it's, uh, we'll get you on my Force yeah, yeah, Center podcast absolutely. and we'll talk some Star Wars there too um, with that. Uh, in, in closing, Perry, mm-hmm. where, where, does, uh, where does Perry Nemiroff end up winning an Oscar for producing? Oof. That's a good, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not because if I continue to produce feature films, mm-hmm. it will likely be... You know, fun, crazy horror, horror movies and, you know. The first Oscar uh, horror movie to win an Oscar. I don't know. I, I hope that happens one day. I hope we get to that point where horror is in the mix there because there's some damn good horror movies yeah, lately there's... and they're not getting any awards recognition and right. they deserve it. Right. I understand if you don't want to give my favorite Scream some Academy Awards, but. Okay. There's some stuff that yeah. came out last year and that's already coming out this year that deserves that's it. That's good. It's yeah. deep. That's thought provoking. I don't know. Um, probably just. Okay. I'm. I'm definitely. I'm a. I'm a collider girl right now for, yeah. for for the long run. I'm. Very, I'm very dedicated to this place. I love it. In it to win it. Also on the basketball court. Oh as yeah. Well. I hope you defeat JT in a game of one. Oh, I will. I will. We should we should tape that. Oh, that is that is the plan. That game will not happen unless we're taping it. We have to. We have to put it on SK Plus and Collider. Um, Perry, where can they uh, follow you and also mention your film website again? Ah, yeah, it's childeater.com. It's hard to forget. The uh, apparently the movie. I thought the release date was March 28th. I'm getting tweets from people that they are that already ordered their DVDs and they're getting them uh, in the mail. So apparently DVDs are pretty much available now. But out. there, there's that. And yeah. then you know, of course, Twitter and Instagram at P Nemiroff. P Nemiroff. P Nimmy is mm. what are what we call her around here. She is a, a backbone employee, Collider Video. Uh, Perry, uh, thank you for having some whiskey with me. Thank you for thank you for my whiskey and for having me. Yeah, and I hope you go home and sleep. After you maybe binge a show or two and... And eat some frozen yogurt. I legit think I'm going to Pinkberry right now. Pinkberry? I, you know, oh, we didn't even get into that discussion. Oh, I know, Whether or not Pinkberry is frozen yogurt, but, There's no 16 handles out here, so I have to do Pinkberry. Okay. All right. I'll accept it. You've earned it today. You've earned a lot of things in life, Perry, and you're going to fight for what you want, and you're going to get it. Big fan. Guys on the Knapsack Files, uh, 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 thanks for supporting. You can subscribe and rate and review on iTunes. You can find the Facebook page, Knapsack Files, my official uh, 
page on Facebook is there and on Twitter at CatNapSock. Join the conversation by using using the hashtag using because I've had whiskey. Using the hashtag <laughs> the Napsock Files. And don't forget Patreon page is out there. Thanks to those who have supported as well already. And uh, um, I uh, appreciate it. Humbly. Humbly appreciate it. It makes me uncomfortable how humble I am. It uh, is a fun thing to have you guys support me. So that is it for now. For Perry, for Dewey the Cat, and all the CrossFitters in the world. We'll see you next time. Bye.